Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Of all the bands that I will never see live, that's that's up there, man. One of the ones that is it, just all time for me. A little audio slave for you here on your Friday. R.I.P. Chris Cornell, man. What a unbelievable talent. You know, in my personal opinion, he might be... I, I'm not going to say he's the greatest because I do think there's a, a certain level of nuance and opinion that goes into that. But he, for my money, I think he is the best frontman, the best pure singer in uh, in hard rock history. Now on is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Who do you think is the best frontman in rock and roll history? Text us, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Tell us how you're beating the heat. Tell you how. Tell us how you're staying cool. What are you up to this summer? Or tell us the best frontman in rock and roll. All that's going to get you entered for a pizza from Front Street Pizza. We'll give you about 20 more minutes to do it, and then uh, right at the end of this segment, we will wrap that up. Andrew will pick a winner. But keep those texts coming in. 406-888-1029. Friday Pie Day presented by Front Street Pizza. All texts are going to get you entered in to win a free large pizza, courtesy of Front Street Pizza. Miss anything in hour number one? You can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by the M Store, the Advocates, and the MSU Bookstore. We heard from Alex Esterman, SWX Montana Television, a little update on the Bobcats. We heard from Henry Noose. He goes by Hank, sophomore defensive end for the Grizz football team. And we also did some of the top games in the Big Sky Conference. All of it, all your various podcast hosting platforms. Just search N-U-A-N-E-Z. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars preferred, all that good stuff. And uh, pre- appreciate the M Store, the Advocates, and the Montana Bookstore for their continued support of the Nuanas Now podcast. We got through the first two weeks of the season, week zero and week one, that is, uh, picking out some games of the week. Here's what the slate looks like across the Big Sky Conference. On Saturday, September 10th, 
Idaho State plays at San Diego State. Weber State plays at Utah State. Moorhead State plays at Montana State. South Dakota plays at Montana. Portland State plays at Washington. Northern Colorado plays at Wyoming. San Diego plays at Cal Poly. Northern Arizona plays Sam Houston. Idaho plays Indiana. Eastern Washington plays Oregon. And UC Davis plays South Dakota State. That means every team in the Big Sky is in action there in week two. The games that jump, there's actually several games, and that's going to be a great week of football. That's, that's a, there's a lot of tests in that. But the games that jump out to me immediately are Weber State at Utah State, South Dakota at Montana, Northern Arizona at Sam Houston, and UC Davis at South Dakota State. We'll start with the UC Davis, South Dakota State. Davis is a preseason top 25 team. They... Uh, have been in the playoffs a couple times since Dan Hawkins took over, including during the 2021 season. Somehow quietly, sneakily, I believe in, in my evaluation that UC Davis has the best offensive line in the Big Sky Conference. I think Connor Pedic is the best center in the league. I think Jake uh, Parks, I almost said Jake Rogers, that's a former Eastern Washington offensive lineman, but Jake Parks... I think is the best offensive lineman in the conference. He's certainly the most decorated. And those guys sort of form the foundation for what's the best front in the league, at least individually talented-wise. They also have the preseason player of the year at running back in the Big Sky Conference in Alonzo Gilliam. And so I think Davis is going to be good. I think their, their preseason top 25 ranking is justified. I think that Dan Hawkins is a really good coach. But look out, they play the preseason number two team in the country in South Dakota State. John Stigelmeyer has said on the record multiple times that he thinks this is his best offense ever at SDSU. And last year, I mean, they had Chris Oladokin, who was a seventh-round draft pick at quarterback by the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had Pierre Strong, who was a fourth-round draft pick. I actually can't remember, Andrew, where uh, Pierre Strong ended up, but he was a a fourth-round draft pick, one of the top FCS guys drafted. They lose those guys. But they still have Isaiah Davis, who is also one of the best running backs in the league. Stigelmeyer has gone all in on recruiting this up-tempo, crazy offense. So they're going to have the the skill, guys. And if he says that they're the best they've been, that's high praise. Because, I mean, that team that had Dallas Goddard, who's still in the NFL playing for the Eagles, and had, you know, Jake Wieneke, at receiver, who's still in the CFL, and Taron Christian, who was a four-year starter at quarterback, that team was really good. This last version of South Dakota State was really good. So I think that's a, a prove-it game. Uh, Andrew, UC Davis, if they could steal that one in Brookings, now they're, I, I'm not going to say played with house money, but that is an incredibly fortifying uh, opportunity for UC Davis. Whereas, though, if South Dakota State really is what they're hyped up to be, they might get to thrash a top 25 team in their own place. So, I mean, that's, the, that's one of the FCS non-conference games of the year, honestly. Yeah, and I think a really tough one for UC Davis because, as you mentioned, it is in South Dakota. But if you win that one, if you're the Aggies, I mean, you're zooming up. What are they going to be, top five in the country after that week? Uh, It's a chance to really make a statement, and I agree with you. I think they are going to be good. Pierre Strong, by the way, drafted by the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's going to be a really tough one, though. I think think they're probably going to be double-digit underdogs in that game. Yes, for sure. I, I agree. Uh, but maybe, you know, I mean, here's the thing about Dan Hawkins. You got to always remember. I know that the, the, 
the failures of what Hawk did at Colorado color the rest of what people think of him as a football coach. Dan Hawkins is one of the, the most prominent guys in the, the rise of Boise State to the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, mid-major football program of the 21st century. He also, though, runs more formations than any coach in, the, in God's football ever. He, like Bruce Barnum said, Hawk's trying to formation you to death. <laughs> they, they run stuff that they've never ran before and they'll never run again. Why are they, are they able to do it? Because they, they got a bunch of geniuses. UC Davis is one of the hardest schools in the country. So they can do that. Also, though, Hawk will also run a bunch of trick plays. You never know what kind of momentum that can give you. I mean, the whole trick play thing at Boise, Chris Peterson carried it on. Jeff Choate took it then and, and used it at Montana State. Dan Hawkins is the one that had created that. So you never know what you got with Hawk. Weber State, Utah State is just going to be an interesting one because Weber State's always good on the lines, and that's always one of the things that holds you back in those FBS games is getting blown off the lines. Weber will be able to compete up front with Utah State. It's just that can they compete on the perimeter and everywhere else. Weber's also going to be very good in the secondary, which also helps you against those FBS teams because your your corners aren't just getting run by like normal average uh, FCS uh, opponents. The other two games I want to focus on, though, here are Northern Arizona at Sam Houston and South Dakota at Montana. Northern Arizona has one of the most favorable Big Sky Conference schedules. They got Montana State coming to town. They don't play Montana. They don't play Eastern Washington. They don't play Sac State. And I believe UC Davis comes to town as well. So they got two of the best teams in the league coming to their barn, and they don't have to play three of the other best teams in the league. They also have a non-conference that is really hard. I would actually argue the hardest overall non-conference in the in the conference. NAU plays, again, at Arizona State to open, and then they play Sam Houston in Huntsville, and then they host North Dakota, a really good North Dakota team that uh, you know was in the Big Sky recently, but now uh, playing in the Missouri Valley. So I think, though, if NAU could just win one of their three non-conference games, I do think their schedule is favorable to win four or five conference games. But then if you win four, five, six conference games, now you're in the playoff picture. Say you win two out of your three non-conference games, now you're definitely in the playoff picture. So I think that NAU, Sam Houston, is going to be an interesting one. Also going to be our first look at Sam Houston as an FBS opponent, as an FBS member, as well as their first time out since they had their I don't I can't remember how many games it got up to. It was the longest winning streak the longest winning streak within the single calendar year in college football history because they went undefeated in the spring season and won the national championship in the spring at the FCS level. And then they went unbeaten in the fall all the way to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. So then they basically lost their last game ever as an FCS team. This will be their first game ever as an FBS team and their first chance to sort of get over having that win streak snapped against Montana State. You want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, going through, giving you some of the games of the week for this uh, upcoming football season. We are to week three here, September 10th, Saturday, September 10th. All 12 Big Sky Conference teams are in action. Is there 12 teams? Is there 11 teams now? I can't even remember. Uh, there's 10 teams in football? I can't even remember. I can't ever keep it all straight. I guess there's 10 teams in the conference now. There's 11 teams in football, right? <laughs> Andrew doesn't even remember either. No, it should be 
it should be two two extras in football, right? There's ten teams in the conference and twelve teams in in football. That's right. That's two affiliate right. members: UC Davis and Cal Poly. If they wouldn't change the league every year, it would be easier to. You're sitting here listening. You're like Coulter. You're the Big Sky guy. You got to know this stuff. I'm still getting into midseason form. Okay. I think though one of the 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 great litmus tests and a, a great launching point is going to be South Dakota at Montana. I, I think that there's a lot of hype around the Grizz. A lot of it's coming out of this show right here. I I think that a lot of people are thinking if the Grizz can roll through their first six, which they will be favored in each of their first six games, then they're going to go with a head of steam down to Sacramento State on October 22nd, and that will be one of the Big Sky Conference games of the year, period. But they can't stub their toe early if they want to have that momentum rolling. And you can't overlook South Dakota. South Dakota has poured a ton of money into football. High tides raise all ships, right? So while North Dakota State has been winning the national championship every year, and South Dakota State's been the only team to beat North Dakota State, South Dakota and North Dakota have both gotten way better because they're trying to keep up with their in-state rivals and they're trying to keep up with their cross-state rivals. There's a ton of money flowing in both those states from both fundraising dollars and uh, state money and money that comes from, you know, resource development stuff. I mean, there's oil money that's going on in South Dakota and North Dakota. So they got resources. They got some momentum. South Dakota was number 26 in the stats perform preseason poll. So th- this is no walk in the park for, for Montana. This, this is going to be a tough team coming in here uh, to Washington Grizzly Stadium. And so, I mean, Andrew, I would say, given the way that the the Grizz schedule lines up, well, first of all, I think if if the Grizz are to to fulfill what their expectation is, and their expectation is to make a run in a national championship, and if you're the number two team in the country or the number three team, depending on which poll you're at, you're you're top three team in the nation, your expectation is to to roll. I mean, your expectation is to win 10 games probably in in the regular season. To get there, though, you got to win your second game. And that's what the Grizz have to do when South Dakota comes to town here on September 10th. Yeah, this is probably the biggest game of sort of that first half of their schedule. I think people are going to be, um, you know, a little bit surprised by how good that South Dakota State team comes in. Sure. I mean, I'm not expecting the Grizz to, to blow them out here. And if they no. do blow out the Coyotes... Uh, that would be quite the statement. For sure. I'm not expecting... Make no mistake either, though, on a September 10th afternoon, coming off of what's almost certainly going to be a blowout win in week right. one, Bobby Houck's going to try to blow him out for sure. It's just a matter of if it, if it comes that easily or not. That's right. And the crowd's going to be good. It's oh, for good, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely one to watch for the Grizz. I mean, Here's I... Here's the thing I will tell you this. Because South Dakota plays indoors and because of the arc of what they've had for coaches the last 10 years or so, I don't know off the top of my head who their quarterback is. He's going to be good. I mean, Chris Strebler, who was there a couple of years ago, he's the starting quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's a great player. He played in the NFL and then gave way. And I believe the guy who was their starter last year was a really talented transfer who was an all-Missouri Valley League guy. So I... Because of their sort of arc the last several years and their coach and Bob Nielsen, they're going to have a good quarterback. Like South Dakota will be able to at least uh-huh. manufacture some semblance of of, uh, of competency on offense. Well, right, and those guys play in the Fargo Dome every other year, so the crowd's not going to be as huge. It's not going to be something that they haven't seen before, a lot of those guys.
People in Missoula are sitting here screaming, Andrew, the Fargo Dome's nothing compared to Washington Grizz. That's what makes college football great. All you people out there that just wear your colors with pride. But I, I do think that if Montana's going to have the season that they need or they want, the launching point is going to be on September 10th here uh, in Missoula. Keep those texts coming in. Who's the greatest front man in rock and roll history? 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Text us. Uh, you know, whenever I get out of this segment, five, in within five or ten minutes, before 5.30, Andrew will, will choose one lucky winner, and you will get an opportunity to just go down to Front Street Pizza and pick up a free pizza pie here on your Friday Front Street Pizza right, right there on Front Street, across from the old public library. Delicious, traditionally sourced pizza. And uh, excited uh, to continue partnering with Front Street. You want to Zowie Spin Radio? Uh, September 17th, that is the last week of the non-conference. So here's what the slate looks like for that. Cal Poly at South Dakota. So that's an interesting one because Cal Poly still sort of a mystery after tapping out of the spring season and then not doing anything during a rebuilding year one 2.0 during the fall season under Bo Baldwin. Uh, Is South Dakota... Coming in with some confidence because they pushed or even beat the Grizzlies in Missoula, or they licking their wounds after getting licked in Missoula. Where's Cal Poly out there? Talent? That's interesting. Sac State at Northern Iowa, though, that's one of the games of this week. Montana State at Oregon State. I know there's a lot of people around here talking about how oh, the Cats might have a chance out there in Portland. Oregon State's going to be pretty good this year, actually. I think Jonathan Smith's a good coach. They've been recruiting really well there. So I don't know how much uh, validity there is to an upset bid there. Uh, against OSU, but it is a neutral site game in downtown Portland, so maybe that's a factor. Northern Colorado's playing at Lamar. Utah Tech plays Weber State. Drake plays Idaho. North Dakota plays Northern Arizona. Montana goes to Terre Haute, Indiana to play Indiana State. Central Arkansas plays at Idaho State. That's a good game for Idaho State to get in Pocatello. It's sort of rare that Idaho State gets uh, quality non-conference opponents to come to the Holt Arena. But Central Arkansas, a good team, a team that's been in the playoffs uh, in recent years and uh, you know, good program. So that's a good game for, for Idaho State to get there. And then San Diego plays at UC Davis. So the games that, that really popped to me, again, we already went over Northern Arizona's non-conference. I think all three of their non-conference games are worth watching for sure. The rest of this slate is not nearly as intriguing as the previous week, though. Obviously, Montana going to a place they'd never been before. In Terre Haute, Indiana, where Indiana State is, that's intriguing. But the game of this week, for sure, is Sac State at Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa is, I mean, dare I say, the most consistent program in in the country that's uh, outside of, like, the truly defined. I mean, let's put it like this. Over the last 10 years, over the last 20 years, because the last 10 years has been tumultuous for the Grizzlies, Northern Iowa has been more consistent than Montana. I'm not saying their program is better. I'm not saying they've ever had the highs that Montana has had over the last 20 years, but Northern Iowa hasn't had nearly the the ups and downs of a lot of the stuff going on around their program. Mark Farley has been there for, I believe, the duration of the 21st century. I think he's in year 22 or year 23 here at Northern Iowa. They made the playoffs pretty much perennially. They're always tough. They're always good on defense. They, Northern Iowa's best player is almost always going to be one of the best NFL prospects from the FCS, whether that's David Johnson, who got drafted and uh, you know became a star for the Arizona Cardinals, 
or uh, the safety they had a couple years ago, the first team All American guy who also got drafted, or Trevor Fenning, who was a first round draft pick out of Northern Iowa as an offensive lineman by the New Orleans Saints. Northern Iowa always has a ton of talent. That said, Sac State, I, actually, I can't remember, Andrew. Did Sac State and Northern Iowa, this is the return of a home and home, right? Did, did uh, who, who won that game last year? I can't remember. But regardless, Sac State went proved that they could uh, go toe to toe with Northern Iowa. And this is going to be another litmus test for SAC because, uh, you know, coming into this year, SAC is the two-time defending Big Sky Conference champions, and uh, this could be a way for them to sort of prove it. Um, coming into the you know coming into the conference schedule uh, basically on the week before the conference schedule begins, so um, this is definitely the game of the week for Big Sky Conference teams. Yeah, it hurts me a little bit that we keep referring to all these games as prove-it games for Sac State, but this one is for sure. in a very, uh, you know, particular manner because you and I beat them 34-16 last That's year right. in Sacramento, and that was sort of the uh, the start of a, a really questionable start of the season for Sac State because if you remember back to last year, they barely handled, uh, I guess there was still Dixie State back then in the season opener, and then lost to UNI at home, right. lost to Cal, and then had only beat Idaho State 23-21 in their conference opener. Right. Everybody was like, what's happening with Sac State? Well, this UNI game, I think, was probably their worst perform- performance of that stretch. Like I said, 34-16 in Sacramento. You would have to think that the, the Hornets are coming back to Iowa this year um, with probably some revenge on their minds. For the sake of flow, we're going to give you a free pizza and then take a step out of this conversation going through some of the best games each week of the college football season because that is then the end of the non-conference for teams across the big sky. So maybe we'll get into some of the conference games. Maybe we'll save it for next week. Not sure. But one last chance to keep those texts coming in. We're going to give you about three more minutes, and then we will make a decision on who is going to win a free pizza from Front Street Pizza. 406-888-1029. Got a couple more minutes. For your entries for Friday, Pie Day, presented by Front Street Pizza. We'll take a step out of this conversation and step into some recruiting. Hey, Dopitz, a Helena Capital product who recently committed to the Montana Grizzlies. Andrew caught up with him earlier this week. We'll hear that interview next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm, when it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultelaw.com. One, two, three. is now on ESPN Radio. 
Summer's winding down, but that means football is here. No one is now ESPN Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Friday. Thanks to all the texts. And congratulations to the winner, Friday Pie Day, presented by Front Street Pizza of Missoula. Seems like there's been a crazy run of recruits lately because there has, particularly because so many of them have been in-state recruits. So here's the in-state docket. The Montana Grizzlies have gotten four of them in the last week. Uh, started with Austin Beeler, an offensive lineman out of Helena Capital. Uh, it continued with Clay Oven, a linebacker out of Billings Central. Then Hayden Opitz, also of Helena Capital. And then today, I guess yesterday, Cameron Guernsey out of Butte High. So a lot of uh, good talent coming to the Grizzlies. On the Montana State side, Tuesday, Adam Jones of Missoula Sentinel committed to the Bobcats. Everett Carr, a offensive lineman out of Bozeman High School, also is committed to MSU. And the first guy in the in-state recruiting class that committed was Talon Marsh, a defensive end from Helena Capital. So we got three Helena Capital guys going D1, two to the Grizz, one to the Cats. Hayden Opitz is a six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounder. He's played tight end, wide receiver, running back, linebacker, defensive end so far at Helena Capital. Not sure if they're looking for him uh, to play offense or defense at Montana. He is a great basketball player as well. Was a contributor on Helena Capital's uh, state championship basketball team a year ago, and he's also a three sport guy. He's a varsity track athlete as well, and uh, a perfect student, four student too. Andrew Houghton caught up with Hayden Opitz earlier this week. And as the commits keep rolling in for Montana and Montana State football, we'll keep catching up with those players for you. Here on Nuanez now joining us, it's Hayden Opitz. Committed as an athlete, announced his commitment late last week from Helena Capital and announced his commitment to the Montana Grizzlies. So Hayden, first of all, thank you for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and it's been, I'm sure it's been a, a busy week or busy couple days for you. I know you guys are starting fall camp over there at Helena Capital, but what was it like when you committed, when you decided to finally make that decision? You know, it was pretty exciting and a relief at the same time, um, you know, to be done with the commitment process, and now I can just go have fun and play with my buddies for my senior year and know that I have a secure spot at a great school, so I'm pretty happy with it. Was it something that you had been thinking about for a long time where you're pretty certain that it was going to be the Grizzlies for you, or was it something that you were really deliberating up until the end there? Oh, I had my mindset for quite some time. I was really looking at the Grizzlies there, one of my top picks. You know, the culture over there is just unmatched, and when I got that offer, I was pretty pumped and pretty much set in stone there. Yeah, what was the recruiting process like for you, and sort of what was the timeline like? I mean, when did Montana really start to take an interest in you, and and when did that become really serious? Well, it all started off uh, end of last year, end of junior year. But uh, I started talking to Montana, went on a visit there early in the summertime, and I got to know him. I went to the camps, the summer camps individual. And from there, I just really got to know the guys and the coaches, and I just fell in love with that school, so that's when it all went down and committed from there. It's Hayden Opitz from Helena Capital, one of a slew of recent commits to the Montana Grizzlies football program, joining us here on Nuanez Now. And Hayden, you were announced as an athlete. You've played all over the field. I mean, tight end, linebacker. Did they give you any direction on where they see you playing on the at the next level, or is it just going to be sort of a wait and see? Uh, I think it's more of a wait and see right now, just kind of see where they need me, and I'm open to play anywhere they need me so i'm excited about it very cool and we've talked about this on the show but that helena capital team you guys have over there and three 
currently announced Division One commits with yourself, uh, Austin Bueller, a lineman who's also headed over to the Montana Grizzlies, and then your teammate Talon Marsh is committed to Montana State. What's it been like having a group of guys, um, you know, all going through that process at the same time? Have you guys talked about it with yourselves? And just what's that been like going into the season? Yeah, it's, a, it's great to have those guys with you because from there you can just communicate and see where everyone else is at and see if you're getting the same treatment and uh, what interest you're getting. So it's pretty great to have someone help you through that process and make you feel secure. Yeah, with you and Austin Bueller particularly, are you are you guys excited about going to the same school? Oh, yeah, especially because uh, I'm always next to him on the line and we're always working together. So it's great that I'll have someone there that I already know pretty well and have chemistry with and continue to build off of it. Did you guys talk about going to the same place or is it just something that happened a little bit more organically? Uh, yeah, we ended up talking when it got sooner uh, to committing, but, you know, both of our parents have gone to that school and it's kind of always been in the background and it's pretty cool that we both get the opportunity to go there and compete at the next level together. Yeah, and were you a Grizz fan always going growing up, I guess, with your parents? Uh, I was actually more of a kind of just neutral. I didn't really have a fan and then I just kind of bumped over to the Grizzlies and from there, it's just been where I committed, and I'm happy with it. No doubt it's Hayden Opitz. Helen Capital, uh, star tight end linebacker, plays all around the field for the Bruins, just recently became the third commitment in the class of 2023 out of Helen and Capital to be joining one of the Division One football teams here in the state of Montana with Austin Baylor heading over to Montana, Talon Marsh heading over to Montana State, and Hayden just recently announced his commitment to the Grizzlies as well. Hayden, what are you, you know, most excited for going into your senior season? And uh, what's sort of the outlook for you guys over there at Capitol this year? Uh, we're just super excited that we all get to have one last run at it together. You know, we've been talking about our senior season ever since we were in middle school playing against each other. But we think that if we band together and execute, we have a pretty good shot at uh, making a good run. So we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, and a lot of good teams at that double-A level this year. Are you guys just excited to sort of have that level of competition? Oh, yeah. It's always fun to have someone to compete against and make sure every play you got to work for it and every game you got to work for the win. It's not just given to you. you got to execute and carry it through. Well, very cool. It's Hayden Opitz, Helena Capital football player, recent commitment to the Montana Grizzlies, joining us as the Grizzlies continue to ramp up. They're recruiting for the class of 2023. Hayden, you talked about your parents went there. You really like the program. You really like the culture. But what else was it about the University of Montana that made you really want to go there? It's mostly the staff. They just really welcomed me. They made me feel like I could be a real part of the program and have an impact. And I just really appreciated it, how they helped me through the process and helped me, me and my family understand what was actually going on. And just from there, I was just an easy choice. As a guy growing up in Montana, I mean, what have you thought about what the program's done these last couple of years? I mean, it seems like they really are making good on that return to dominance pledge that Bobby Houck made when he came back in. I mean, they've been top 10 in the country the last couple of years, made it to the SCS quarterfinals. What's it been like just observing that? Yeah, it's been pretty cool and crazy to watch, you know, watching them improve. And obviously that cat, the brawl of the wild game last year, big eye opener. But yeah, they've been... Getting better and better. I'm excited to watch it and make it down to a couple games of the season and continue the season and improve. Very cool, man. Any thought about what you're going to study over there in Missoula? Uh, right now I'm looking at a business field, but I'm not completely set on anything. 
It's Hayden Opitz from Helena Capital, a tight end linebacker. He announced his commitment to the Montana Grizzlies as an athlete, so we'll see where he ends up when he gets over here to Missoula. But Hayden, I just wanted to say, man, congrats on your commitment. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Capital, cranking them out. It's actually like uh, Back to the Future, right? Or I, I guess just a Back to the Past. Capitals never been uh, bad, but they were so good in the, I mean, for a long time during the Jim Tuss days, during the Mark Sampson days, um, you know, and then when uh, when Coach Murphy was there and Matt Miller was running rough shot and and uh, again they've always been competitive. They were a playoff team a year ago, but they're they're back to producing multiple Division One guys, uh, and this is going to be a good. Capital team is going to be a good double-A landscape. Thank you to Andrew Houghton for that great interview there with Hayden Opitz. NFL Top 100. Have some fun on a Friday. Take you into the weekend. Keep it right here. New Odds Now, ESPN Radio. Just a lie. I can dance. <laughs> What's up, everybody? No one is now ESPN Radio. A little Genesis for you here on your Friday. Miss anything in today's show? Thanks for hanging out with me, Colter Nuanas, here on a Friday. You can always find Nuanas now live here on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. You can also find us archived on the ESPN Montana app and on the Nuanas Now podcast. We heard from Henry Noose, Kalispell Glacier Products, who's playing defensive end for the Montana Grizzlies, Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana reporter, Hayden Opitz, future Grizz out of Helena Capital. We also broke down the Big Sky schedule, gave you some of the games of the week. All of it. On that podcast, available on all of your podcast hosting platforms, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, the MSU Bookstore, and the Advocates. We've been going through the NFL Top 100. We've done the first 30 in descending order, 100 through number 70. So, you know, I think it's just, it stimulates further conversation to go through these. Um, and th- this next run of guys is, Got a lot of intriguing guys and actually several several guys that I think are unbelievably good players. Number 69 on this year's NFL Top 100 is Cameron Jordan. Now, there's such a variety of different defensive styles you can play from a team perspective in modern football. And for so long, like the, the, the 4-3 was so in vogue, you know, an even man front. And then the 3-4 the became in vogue because you could get those crazy edge guys like Lawrence Taylor. And, you know, in the modern era, guys like Von Miller and, and Khalil Mack. And now in the NFL, I, I would say probably... Actually, I bet you there's actually full stats on this. I, I'd say probably 15, 16, 17 teams run true 3-4s. Probably another 12, 13 run four threes. And then there's like a little bit of a handful of teams, like the Arizona Cardinals are definitely one of those teams that runs more like hybrid college style defenses. But when you're running that three, four, 
to be like that strong defensive end that's not out on the edge. He's playing more in between the guard and the tackle instead of the wide nine or outside the tackle. A lot of the, the traditional 4-3 DNs play in between the tackle and the tight end or on the empty side and try to get around the, the blind side, right? Well, Cameron Jordan spent so much of his career doing both. He's played 4-3 defensive end and 3-4 defensive end and on that strong side defensive end. Usually when you're playing like that, what I'd call the 5-I defensive end spot, your sack numbers aren't going to be as high because you're not in as many isolated situations. That's why J.J. Watt is absolutely a first ballot Hall of Famer. I know that's like such a stupid thing to say for a guy who's three-time defensive NFL Defensive Player of the Year, but J.J. Watt, to be able to get 20-plus sacks as not a guy that's outside isolated, guys that can, that can attack as a pass rusher on the interior of the defensive line against the interior of the offensive line and still get home are, to me, the most game-changing players in football. And that's why, to me, guys like Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt are among the best players to ever play this game. Cameron Jordan, though, he's been able to do it in a variety of different ways. He's been with the New Orleans Saints for the duration of his 11-year career. He's up over 100 sacks, 107 all told. He's had double-digit sacks seven times in his illustrious career, including in year 11 last year, 12-and-a-half sacks. For Cameron Jordan, he's had a career high of 15 and a half sacks. A guy out of Cal, one of the best players they've ever had, and a guy who's been a multiple-time first-team All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowler, so you could argue maybe even underrated at number 69. Number 68, Zach Martin, offensive guard for the Dallas Cowboys. If you're asking me, I mean, who's the best guard in the NFL? Uh, the best guard in the NFL is Quentin Nelson for the Indianapolis Colts. Zach Martin's right there, though, and Zach Martin used to be that the holder of that title. When Zach Martin was a little younger and Quentin Nelson was still at Notre Dame, Zach Martin was the best guard in the NFL. And uh, I, I think he's, a, he, he's, he's working his way into the conversation as maybe a Hall of Famer as well, but I think that Zach Martin, good as it gets as an interior lineman, you've always heard over these last 10 years the lore of the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. It's been part of their lore ever since those early 90s Cowboys teams. But Zach Martin, very good one, one of the better guys they've had on the interior uh, you know, in my lifetime there in Dallas. Number 67, man, one of the great stories, man. I, I, I know that it's become a little normalized because he's been really good for the last several years. But Buda Baker, who is a- absolutely one of the great heat-seeking missiles in the National Football League, he defines so much of what like the, the new age defense can be. In, in layman's terms, he's a safety. But he's kind of like that flex player. A guy came out of Washington, highly regarded, a lot of versatility. But people wondered, is he big enough? I mean, he's 5'10", 195 pounds, runs incredibly well. But can he survive an NFL season? Well... Buda Baker's done nothing but survive. He's been outstanding during his career with the uh, Cardinals. He is one of the few guys that is unbelievably good in the box. You can use him in the run fit, but he's also unbelievably good in coverage. Sometimes he's playing up like a Sam linebacker. Sometimes he's playing out in space like a nickelback. Sometimes he's playing sort of the middle high, strong safety role, and he can even drop back and play a little free safety too. That's what happens when you run 4-4-5. But Buda Baker, like when I think about what, what 
This is why Troy Anderson is such a compelling prospect out of Montana State. People were talking about Troy Anderson as like Taysom Hill or, you know, uh, Ryan Shazier or other linebackers that are, that, that, you know, are a little bit slimmer that can run really well. Troy Anderson is going to be a guy that's a space eater. He's going to be a guy that plays out in space in the NFL likely. Want to know what's crazy about Troy Anderson when you compare? I thought his best NFL comp is Buda Baker. Well, the craziest part about that comp, Buda Baker's 5'10", 195 pounds. Troy Anderson's 6'4", 245 pounds. Guess what, though? Troy Anderson's faster. That's what's crazy. I digress. Love Buda Baker. Hope he can stay healthy. He bangs as good as anybody in the, in the entire NFL. Uh, he, to me, is sort of like one of the defining characters of new age defenses when I'm trying to break down what teams are doing defensively. When Coach Marty Mornoweg and I are talking about defensive schemes, what the Cardinals do on defense and what Baker plays defensively for them, that kind of defines what the new age scheme is. You want to now you spend radio just a couple minutes left here on your Friday, which means just a couple minutes left in your week here. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Number 66 on the NFL list of top 100. I talk about this guy all the time. I love that he's on the list. I actually think he's not high enough on the list. It's DeForest Buckner. He's one of the most physically dominant players in the NFL. He was an all-pro in San Francisco. Now he's an all-pro there for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, last year when they did the hard knocks in season with the Colts, I thought his personality, his leadership, his presence really shone through. I mean, he's one of the most physically imposing players, not only now, but in the history of the league. He's six foot seven and a half, 297 pounds. The guy's hands are 11 and three quarters inches. And at six, seven and a half, 295, dude runs five seconds flat in the 40. I mean, his measurables are astounding. He, though, is just such a key cock. When I'm talking about being able to collapse the inside of the pocket and also erase space from the interior of the defensive line, he's one of the best in the league. He's got such good range. He erases so much of the field because of his ability to jump and knock down passes as well. 45 career sacks as an inside guy in his six seasons uh, in the NFL. DeForest Buckner is uh, is absolutely a dude. Number 64. This is another guy. Like when you talk about, I'm always ranting about size, size, what you're listed at, and what you look like. There's a lot of different ways you can be six foot, 245 pounds. Like I'm about six one, and I'm trying to be about 245 pounds. I'm getting there. My chubby self does not look like this guy. Devin White is a ball of muscle. Six foot, 240, runs as well as anybody. He is a tackling machine for all the accolades that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and Mike Evans and, you know, on down the line, all the guys that are offensive players for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's Devin White that makes the Bucks defense roll. He's the He is the straw that stirs the drink. He and Levante David are the most explosive and fastest set of inside linebackers that there is in the NFL. If you want to run that true 3-4, you can isolate Shaq Barrett on the outside so well coming off the edge because Devin White and, and Levante David can do everything. They can do they, they have multiple lanes in the run fits. They can cover in space. They can track down receivers uh, in the open field. They can track down running backs in the flat. But it's Devin White's ability to not only run, but also finish the play 
It really sets him apart. Number 63, I was actually surprised by this. I know this guy was highly regarded coming out of Alabama. Uh, but I was surprised he was up as high as 63. He's a guy that has huge uh, optimism, huge hype coming into this year, especially since the Dolphins added Tyree Kill from the Kansas City Chiefs. But Jalen Waddle's number 63. I w- must say, I watched Jalen Waddle extensively in college, and then he had the year where he was hurt, and then he came back late in the season during the national championship run for Alabama. He was great then, but I didn't know what they had in him. I didn't watch the Dolphins that much last year, so I wasn't really sure how good he was. This is justification that he is incredibly good. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of hype in Miami. We'll see. We'll see what Mike McDaniel can do. We'll see what Tua Tagovailoa can can find the magic once again. But Jalen Waddell, his appearance there at 63 on the NFL Top 100, uh, certainly a huge sign of optimism for the uh, Miami Dolphins. We're just going to do two more here before we we get out of here on your Friday. Number 62, Chandler Jones. Is there a scarier set of brothers than Chandler Jones and John Bones Jones? I mean, Chandler Jones, for, for whatever reason, I I don't know it's, if it's because of his irreverence and his sort of uh, do-it-his-own-way mentality, but I find it fascinating that he has been elite productive for the New England Patriots, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Las Vegas Raiders, yet he has been expendable uh, to those teams as well. I mean, you know, he, he had 12 and a half sacks for the Patriots and then got traded. Then he went to Arizona, had 17 sacks. Here's his Arizona start. 11 sacks, 17 sacks, 13 sacks, 19 sacks. Then uh, he had an injury in 2020. He came back to that injury and still had 10 and a half sacks last year. So we'll see how he adds to the Raiders defense. Uh, but definitely a, a really intimidating force. And even if he doesn't last long in your franchise, definitely a guy you want on your team. And last one, Russell Wilson. I got nothing good to say about Russell Wilson. I'm glad he's in the top 100. He's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, or at least of his generation. Can't stand him. Don't know if how much of a difference he's going to make for the Broncos. I know a bunch of people think differently, but uh, whatever. We'll get the next NFL top 100 started. One of my favorite guys, Corey Lindsey, best center in the NFL. Until then, though, we'll be back at it on Monday, 4 p.m., Montana Football Hour. ton of fun guests for you, including Cameron Gersey, Future Grizz. We'll see you then. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.